Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast, our mission to help you experience the life with God you've been missing. And now, a message for you. Welcome to 2021. A lot of people are really, really happy that 2020 is over and, and hoping that things are going to be better in the new year and, and, and just figure we can't do another year of that. And um, hope can be hard to find in the world these days. In fact, sometimes I think people are looking for hope in, in all different kinds of things. And, but it can be harder to find than, than one of those emojis in, in the game that Mariah was playing. I know I had a really tough time with that. I saw some people on the YouTube chat did as well. I, I thought it was just me, but I guess, I guess it isn't. We're starting a new series on hope today. I want, to, I want to start with a verse from the book of Hebrews. We've spent a lot of time in the book of Hebrews over the past five, six weeks. And I want to read Hebrews 6 verse 19 that says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What's it talking about? It's talking about this hope. The entire book of Hebrews is about Jesus being the answer to the the search that mankind has. And it really is, it's more specific than that because it's, it's addressed to Jewish Christians that had been relying on the old agreement, the old covenant with God. And the book of Hebrews says that this new agreement, Jesus fulfills everything that that promised. Everything that the other agreement failed to measure up to, the new covenant with Jesus brought to pass. And so it's the beginning of the answer for the world's problems. There's an ultimate solution, God making everything right. Not only that, but even as we anticipate God making everything right, finally, there's the opportunity to know God, to meet him in his presence. And this is what this verse is talking about. A strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls that leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, into the very presence of God. When when I got married, in fact, it's an older tradition that that you don't see too much, but many times when someone gets married, the, the, the bride will have a veil over her face. And it really goes back to the days when, you know, marriages were arranged and all of that. And you wouldn't necessarily know the person you were going to be married to. And, um, and a lot of the veils that are used today, are, are, they're almost pointless. It's like a decoration because they're, they're so sheer and translucent that you can pretty well see through it anyway. But veils used to cover more. And so when, in the wedding ceremony, the veil would be lifted and the groom would see his bride for the first time, which is actually a symbol of of the coming together of, of man and woman where there's an unveiling of the entire self. Not just physically, but in every way. That's the, that's the intention. And so there's this, 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 this idea that intimacy is desired, but at present it's covered, it's veiled. There's a curtain in the way. There's a concept, a theological concept called the hidden God. And, and Mariah was talking about how people are searching for God, searching for God. And, and I mean, if you know Jesus, maybe you go like, I don't understand that search unless you've been there in the past. But the reality is that not everybody can see. It's like God is hidden from us. We, we can have experiences in, in worship or on retreats or reading scripture or even outside in nature or when other people speak to us where it's like, it's like a piece of who God is is revealed, right? It, it, it pierces that veil. But there are times in discouragement, times in despair and darkness, times in loneliness where it feels like that God is hidden from us. And that is, that is a manifestation of that veil, that God is hidden. This, this idea refers to at least three different things in Scripture. The first is, in the Old Covenant, the, the, the temple housed the meeting place with God. And God's very presence was in the very center, very protected part of the temple. And it, it wasn't to protect God. 
It was to protect people who, whose imperfections would, would cause their own death in God's presence. And so there were all these layers and, and passages and, 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 and processes that you had to go through. Uh, the, the priesthood would be a representative and sacrifices had to be made. And God's very presence was in the very center part of the temple. There was the holy place. But even inside that, there was the holiest of holy places. And it would be in the very center of the temple, but it was separated from the, the, the common part of the world by a curtain, a veil. And it would, you know, the, 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 the priest who would be sanctified, who would be specially consecrated, could go through that curtain on behalf of the people. This is the place where heaven and earth met together, where they overlapped. It's sort of a, a recreation of God's original creation intention to live with humans. And here there was this massive process, and, and, and you couldn't go directly in. A priest had to go in on your behalf. Sacrifices had to be made in order for, for communion with God to even happen. It happened sort of secondhand. So that's, what, that's the first reference here, that... The, the, the temple curtain here was, was a veil. It covered God's presence. God's presence was inaccessible. There's a second thing, is that creation itself is broken. Because as I already said, God's creational intention was to live with mankind. Face to face. We see that in the story of Adam and Eve. We see hints of that afterwards with you know, Abraham and Moses. God would meet face to face. But when creation was broken, God's presence was withdrawn and he became hidden. It wasn't so much that he hid himself, but mankind has retreated from God. That's Adam in the garden hiding from God, right? God's saying, Adam, where are you? Well, well, I'm hiding. And so creation itself, there's a veil, there's a barrier there from seeing God completely. And then finally, there's a veil, there's a hiddenness because we're in a spiritual battle. And the enemy of our soul, the devil, Satan, the accuser, the Bible says that he has, he has, he's blinded people's eyes. There's a veil over people's eyes and, because he wants to prevent people from seeing God. And so there's, there's, there's a barrier between us and God. But the new covenant, this is what Hebrews is all about. This new agreement, Jesus has made it, is superior to the old covenant, and he reveals God. That's what it's talking about when it says, there's, it leads us through the curtain into God's inter-sanctuary. Inter That's that that's that curtain that Jesus has made a way through. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for your souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What's the deal with the anchor? In the, in the book of Acts, there's a, a story where Paul is on his way to Rome, and there's a shipwreck. And the ship is, is being uh, dragged into shore, and, um, and they threw anchors out the back to keep the, the, the boat from being smashed onto the rocks. And so the wind is pushing it, and the, the current is pushing it, and it's being held back from the shore by these anchors. But it was still swaying back and forth and, and threatening to, be, uh, to, to get smashed up on the rocks. And so the sailors wanted to abandon ship. And so they, it says in the text that they, they loaded the front anchor, the bow anchor, onto a boat. And they said they were going to moor it to the, um, to the shore, to, to hold the boat steady. When in reality, what they were doing, they, they were going to take off. They were, they were going to run off. So, so the soldiers actually cut the ropes for the boats. So the boat went flying free, and they couldn't do that. But what, that's, this is what they would do back in the day, is, is to, to moor a boat, to moor a ship, or to keep it attached to the shore, to keep it from floating off, to keep it steady. They would take the anchor, put it in a small boat, like a dinghy or a lifeboat, and row it to shore and hook the anchor onto the shore to hold it fast. 
That's what this is talking about. There's an anchor that holds us where we need to be beyond the veil. Which, when it's beyond the veil, it means we can't see it. But there's something that holds us forward. Today, uh, you can buy a 40-pound anchor that would be rated to hold a 4,000-pound boat. 40-pound anchor can hold a 4,000-pound boat. And, and so there, there's, a, there's a strong confidence in that. There's a strong confidence in, in an anchor that, that carries far more than you would even think it does. One of the earliest symbols for Jesus, long before they ever used a cross as a symbol for Jesus, one of the earliest symbols in the early church was an anchor. You would see it uh, in the catacombs. So, so when the Christians were being persecuted, they would go into hiding. They would go into hiding in caves. And there are some, some places in the world where there are still these caves that exist, and there are thousands and thousands of, of people buried their tomb, tombs because the people would, would, they would spend almost all their lives in hiding for fear of being killed by oppressive governments, particularly the Roman Empire. And what you would see is in, in the graffiti on the walls, you would see symbols of an anchor that would represent Jesus. Because... That would be a direct reference to this verse. What's interesting is that the idea of an anchor as a representative of Jesus, that idea is only found in one place in Scripture. And that's this verse here. Hebrews 6, verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. I do want to add, and I've said this many times before, we use the word hope to mean like a wish, you know, like I hope the Jays win the World Series this year. Or I hope, I hope the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup, right? It, it, it seems like, okay, nice try. It's, it's like, you know, one in a hundred. That's not what this word hope means. The word hope means a confident expectation. It's almost like, you know, I hope spring comes. Well, we know spring is going to come. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping in something I know is going to happen. That's where I'm, that's where I'm putting my anticipation that's where I'm putting my confidence. I'm putting my trust in something I know is going to happen. That's what the New Testament concept of hope, of hope is. It's not a wish. This past year, um, probably most of you know this, but this past year my, my dad passed away. And, and after uh, my mom was cleaning out all the stuff, she found a pile of papers that, uh, that, that he had written down. And, and so I... I grabbed them from her, and I read some of them. And, and he tells a story about his family moved from Holland to Canada sometime in the 1950s. And so to prepare for their move, they, uh, they sold a, a whole bunch of their belongings because they, they came by ship. They loaded everything in crates, put it on a ship. But to prepare, prepare for Canada, they sold all their furniture, they sold a lot of their clothes, and they bought warmer clothes, and they bought new furniture, good quality furniture, that they could use in Canada. And uh, they found out after they got to Canada that all the clothes they bought were too hot for summer but not warm enough for winter. And all the furniture that they bought ended up cracking and coming apart in the Canadian climate. And so what had happened is they, they, they sold all their stuff and invested in the future, but they invested in the wrong things. And this is what I find happens in our North American Christian life, it's so easy to invest in the wrong things. Our hope is eternal. It's in an eternal kingdom. And we invest in temporary things. We're spending our time and energy and money on things that won't last in the kingdom to come. 
And there's all kinds of hopes that we have that, you know, things to look forward to. Sometimes there are more wishes than confidence. We hope that things will be different because the year has a different number on it. I mean, there's no guarantee, right? We're just so sick of 2020. 2021's got to be better. There's a new Spider-Man com movie coming out. Um, it looks really interesting, and I really hope, I hope it's better than the Wonder Woman 1984 movie, because that was awful. Okay, there's a hope. I really hope that sometime real soon, the management of the Toronto Blue Jays is going to sign one of those big players that are available, so the team can be better this year. I hope. We put hope in technology, medicine. Put a lot of hope in, in the vaccine the vaccines that are available and hope that they become more available so that we can, we can kind of go back to some kind of normal life. We hope for going back to some kind of normal life. We have a hope. We look forward to that. We hope the economy will recover. We hope that the, that, that the government's work to keep people going will not hamstring us in the future because of the debt incurred. We hope that the government will be effective, or at least not completely dishonest. And these are all good hopes. They're all valid hopes. You know, the Blue Jays one is a good one. The Spider-Man one's a good one. They're good hopes. That's fine. But if we got all of those things, if we got all of our wishes, if they all came true, and that's all we got, we'd still be living an empty life. Because the hopes of this world don't do much when it comes to the world to come. We have a hope for God's kingdom, and we're, sometimes we live our life as if we're sort of wandering. We jump to this hope, that hope, this hope, that hope, and it's temporary, and that one's temporary, and when this one's fulfilled, we move on to something else, and when this one is disappointed, we move on to something else, and, we, and, and we're just moving according to the current of the wind and the waves. And God's intention for us is that we would be moored, we would be anchored, not behind us, not by something that happened in the past. Although there are things that we have confidence because of that, but a hope that is in front of us. Our anchor is thrown forward. It's thrown forward through the veil. It's thrown forward beyond what we can see. And, and we are being pulled towards eternity. That's God's intention for us. And, and so we, we reframe our everyday experiences, our small hopes, our little hopes, we reframe them in the light of Jesus' return, in the light of eternity. Our hope, when it's properly centered, makes us yearn for the age to come. It makes us deeply dissatisfied with the things of this world. All of the best hopes and wishes that we might have in this world are a poor investment when it comes to eternity. Sometimes we have things that are in our past, things that we have placed confidence in, our education, our savings, certain relationships. Sometimes those things actually hold us back. Sometimes we, we need to throw that anchor forward and cut off the anchors from the past. God's intention for you is eternal life. And we, we keep on holding, holding on to things that keep pulling us back and pulling us back and pulling us back. And we're swayed by the currents of the, of the world and, and, and the challenges of the wind. 
We need to be throwing the anchor forward. It's, it's so easy to drift, especially when caught in a crisis. When the winds blow you backward, throw your anchor forward. Do you know how to test if, it, if an anchor is properly secured? I'd like to tell you that I, I took my boating license, and so I remember this. And I did get my boating license, but I don't remember this. So I, I did some research. So if you're out in the middle of nowhere on water, and, and, and you want to throw your anchor out, you throw your anchor out, and you, you find out which, you sort of let your boat drift. And, and you'll see the line go tight. And then what you do is you either let the current or the wind pull you, or even you, you, you run your motor, if it's a motorboat, you run your motor backwards until it pulls on the motor. So it, if it's tied like to the bow or, you know, you, you see the line go tight, you see the boat dip, right? That's when you know it's tight. And then when you, when you release the engine, when you cut it off, the boat surges forward a little bit. That's how you know your anchor's tight. And so when we go through crises, when we go through challenges, it's like the wind is pushing us back. The current's pushing us back. Is your anchor tight? Because that's how you'll know. If, if, you, you, if, you, if you stop moving, but then when it lets up, you surge forward a little bit. And so we've been through crises after crises after crises. But when things let up, are you surging forward? Are you moving forward? Is your line tight? towards God's purpose for you? Have you thrown your anchor forward? Or are you depending on all kinds of things around and behind you? When the tension eases, you surge forward. Our ultimate eternal hope, and, and th I think this is kind of what's key here. We go through all kinds of challenges. We go through all disappointments. We go through losses. We go through frustrations. But if our hope is in anything else in the world, there is no answer for those frustrations. There's no answer for your losses. There's no answer for the grief and the pain. But when your hope is forward, when your anchor is cast forward beyond the veil into God's presence, every frustration, every grief, every loss, every pain will be answered and met in eternity. Jesus will bring healing, he will bring restoration, and he will bring meaning to every ounce of suffering in this world. And there's an answer to suffering in our hope beyond the veil that's beyond anything the world has to offer. You look at some of the answers that the, that the world gives. Some people will tell you that suffering is an illusion. Some people will tell you that suffering is real, but it's, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no ultimate meaning. It's only the story of Jesus who went through suffering to make the world better, to inaugurate God's kingdom on earth, that every single thing we go through, every lonely moment, every broken relationship, every disappointment, will find fulfillment in God's eternal kingdom. That's where we're aimed that's where we're going. And we get sneak peeks of it through the veil as God reveals himself to us over and over and over. Our ultimate hope is the coming kingdom. We can look around for all kinds of things, all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of things to hope for. But Jesus brings us into God's presence. And even when we can't see it, the anchor is there. There are also something... It's, it's, there's something interesting where 
talking before how the, the ancient mariners, you know, they would, they would put the anchor on a boat, on a, on a small dinghy, and bring it to shore. They wanted to, 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 to get the boat closer to shore. All you had to do was pull on that rope, get everybody to pull on the rope, and you could actually pull the ship closer into shore, where the anchor was holding you in place. And this is the opportunity that we have. When crisis comes, when the winds rise, when the currents pull you, the anchor is forward beyond that veil, and we can pull forward to encounter God, to enter that holy place, to experience his presence, which is life-changing, it's personality-changing. And, and this, is, this is what we were designed to be. This is what we were designed to do, to live with God, God living with us. Our ultimate hope is that coming kingdom that's behind the veil, right now we can't see it, but is rushing towards us from the future to the present. Maybe you don't have a hope that goes beyond this life. And I want to give you a challenge today to throw your anchor forward. Maybe you've depended on things that have let you down. Maybe you're not sure that you would have confidence in some of the things you should, you've, you've been told you should have confidence in. Maybe you went and got a degree and, and you have hope for a good job and, and, and then maybe you find yourself in a dead-end job. This is not the job you wanted. This is not why you went to school. Maybe you find yourself working in a job that's not in, in your area of interest. Maybe, you, maybe you've been looking for that one special relationship with a significant other and it's just not happening. Your life just isn't adding up. And, and you've been disappointed and disappointed and disappointment, disappointed. And sure, the little hopes carry you forward. But it's not enough for the big picture. And I want to I invite you to turn to Jesus today. It's as simple as ABC. The message of Jesus is a message of hope. And the A stands for admitting your need. Acknowledging that the things you put your hope in have not worked out. But that recognizing that Jesus has an eternal hope for you. Bringing meaning to every part of your life. And that's where the B comes in. B is belief. So Jesus went to the cross to overcome the problem of death so that he could get to that place beyond the curtain to pull us forward there into God's presence. He didn't, he didn't stay dead. He defeated death through the cross. He rose from the dead and created the way for eternal life for each one of us. And it's not enough to acknowledge and it's not enough to just to know that. But it, it takes a commitment to him. And that's the C, to commit to the life that he has for you. To say yes to him and, say, and to cut all the other anchors. It, it isn't that we, we remove every single part of our life, but we don't depend on those parts of our life. We only depend on him, the anchor that pulls us forward into God's presence towards eternity. And I'm going I'm to challenge you to do that. And, and if, if, if you want to follow Jesus for the first time today, I just want you to pray a prayer like this. You can... Take my words and, and make them your own. Just pray something like, Father in heaven, I thank you that you are trustworthy. I admit that everything I've put my trust in has not fulfilled my yearning, my hope. And I'm choosing today to trust in Jesus, to aim towards eternity. I'm throwing my anchor forward 
and I'm choosing to commit my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If this is a decision that you are making today for the first time, uh, I want to challenge you to connect with us at Crossland's Church. We're a community of followers of Jesus, and we are, we are aiming forward towards eternity, trying to bring as many people with us as we can. But God is the center of our lives, and we're aiming forward. And I want you to connect with us as a community because we, we, this is not something we can do alone. So if, if you're doing this for the first time today, connect with us at crosslands.live. Just go on any smart device or computer, whatever, crosslands.live, and click the Follow Jesus button and give us your contact info. And, and we'll, we'd love to give you next steps, how to move on, how, how, to, how to live out this brand new spiritual life that you're starting today. As followers of Jesus, hope is ours. It doesn't matter what goes on in the world around us. People have gone through far worse things than most of us are going through. But our hope is in Jesus. Beyond all of the other hopes and wishes and dreams we might have, our ultimate hope is Jesus, who leads us to the good God who loves us, who made us to love us. We're throwing our anchor forward. I forgot to mention at the beginning that if you have a text message, um, or a question, you can put it on um, the YouTube or text me directly. I have a few. Um, so we'll, I'll deal with these now before we close the service. You talked about despair and other negative things being a veil that can keep us from seeing God, but can our own prosperity and self-efficiency also be a veil that keeps us from seeing God? I had in my notes, and I took it out, that, that we are addicted to comfort and ease in our culture. And so we believe that when we are uncomfortable or when things aren't easy, that God has abandoned us. And um, I think I mentioned, uh, was it last week? Two Sundays ago? Uh, a time in Israel's history where, where uh, they were very prosperous. And God will test people in prosperity. And that's, that, that's actually exactly true. Uh, our own prosperity and self-sufficiency uh, self is a veil that keeps us from seeing God because we believe we don't need him. This is true individually. People who are, um, who are well off are far less likely to turn to God than people who are experiencing problems because they figure, I don't need it. It takes a long time to be well off and to realize the emptiness of it before you before you see that it's not enough. You can, talk, you can read the quotes of some famous stars, say, you know, I achieved everything, achieved everything only to discover that the answer was not there. So absolutely, there's a veil there. And I think that that's almost as much as, that's, that's the broken world thing too. That's the aiming for the wrong thing. The Bible warns over and over and over about the deceit of wealth. And it's not so much that wealth doesn't answer your hope. It doesn't but that wealth can keep you from seeing what God offers. Um, my anchor is prayer. As you spoke, I realized how deep prayer has connected me as a believer into something that is eternal and hidden from me. There's a veil that doesn't allow me to see fully, clearly, and yet what is behind that veil is so real, clear because of prayer. I love prayer because I can see and experience hope. Yeah, I, I want to thank you for that text. Um, God has, has big plans for his people in North America, um, but 
Sometimes those plans are contingent upon us turning to him. And for us at Crossland's Church, um, we, we need to increase our commitment to prayer, to fall in love with praying. Because sometimes I think we see it as a burden. And um, yeah, I think we're going to be talking about that in the future, maybe after the series. Um, not so much the need to pray, but the privilege and the opportunity and the challenge to pray. We need to increasingly become a praying church because every time there's a major move of God, it always starts with prayer. And so that's my hope, my wish, my prayer for Crossing Church. We need to be going there. Um, yeah, that's, that's all the text I'll read today. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer today. Father, I thank you that uh, you're reaching to us long before we ever thought of reaching to you. Father, I, I thank you that you sent Jesus and Jesus was willing to come to open the way for us to be that anchor behind the veil. I pray that you would give each one of us uh, sneak peeks of your presence, those transformative moments that you would increase our desire to meet with you. You would increase our desire for prayer. You would increase our confidence in you, not in spite of the things going on around us, but especially with the things going on around us. And we know, Lord, that it's that you would move heaven and earth to have a relationship with us, but you also call us into your mission that we would shine the light of Jesus. We would be people of hope and encouragement. I pray that everybody watching this morning would be encouraged. They would experience hope. They would experience your peace and your joy. But more than that, that we would demonstrate it. We would shine it out. We would live it out to a world that desperately needs hope. Real hope. Eternal hope. I thank you that you've called us into a relationship with you. May our number one confidence be in you and your coming kingdom. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy, your peace, and the hope that you offer each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Crosslands Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or the Google Play Store so that it comes straight to your device. And to find out more about Crosslands Church, you can visit us at crosslands.ca. Join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with God you've been missing.